Welcome to Conversations with Caroline. This podcast will share the stories of extraordinary humans who have found their purpose. Together, we will listen and learn from those who've journeyed through the ups and downs of life to find their way home. I'm your host, Caroline. Hey, Devin, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I am really excited as I've told so many people that I chat with about the Enneagram that you were going to join us for a podcast. They are really excited to listen in. And I think the Enneagram has so much um, truth around it and there's also a lot of myths around it. So I look forward to kind of diving into both sides of it. Um, For those listening, Devin runs a really interesting uh, Instagram account called That Enneagram 8 Life. As an Enneagram 8 myself, that's how I found him. And um, I was able to reach out to Devin, ask him to come onto the podcast to chat with us on all things Enneagram. So thanks for being here. And I think we should start with maybe the backstory of how you heard about the Enneagram and what caused you to be so curious about it. I actually found out later that um, I was digging through some, some paperwork and there's actually a course that I took years ago at the church that I worked at. We talked about the Enneagram. They had us take it. I didn't even like remember that that's what the, the test was that we took. And so years passed and I kind of like didn't hear anything about it. And then recently I started to, within the last year or two, started to hear more about it from other people again. I was on a photo shoot. I do photography full time. And um, I was doing a photo shoot and I had a couple ask me if I've taken it. And I'm, I forgot that I had. So I said no. And um, in my head, I was thinking like, no, I'm not going to take this test. Everyone takes it. Like everyone does this test. And uh, my wife's a therapist. So I feel like I've taken a lot of these personality assessments. The girl who asked me was like, hey, I think I have a feeling I think I know what you are. And she was like basing it off of just like what my post, like how I wrote in my post because uh, on my photography page, because at this point I didn't know her at all. Um, and so, in, you know, when she said that instantly in my head, I was thinking like, girl, you don't even know me. <laughs> and, uh, that, but the way she said it kind of made me want to take it. So that's actually, it was kind of like the, uh, starting point. So I went home that night and took it. The funny thing about the Enneagram, I don't know if you feel this way, is that unlike other personality tests, and we'll talk about how it's different in a little bit, but when someone is passionate about the Enneagram and they ask you about it they immediately want to know your number and it sort of sparks this fire and that's part of my story with Enneagram as I started going to birthday parties and having you know dinner with friends and it would come up and I hadn't taken the test yet I didn't know my number so I started to feel left out because people feel really strongly about the Enneagram once they're knowledgeable about it it sort of becomes this hot topic that once you let go of any notion of why you shouldn't learn about it, I think it's this incredible tool that most people are happy that they take the time to read a book, take the test and learn more about their Enneagram number. Do you feel that way? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's funny. Cause like, I think people have a lot of tendencies to use the Enneagram in a way that's not meant to be used. And I find that like, it's only really applicable when you use it the way it's meant to be used. Um, and it's also like, I don't know. I, I think just like a lot of things, when you use it outside of its intended um, functionality, I feel like it kind of honestly, it turns people away more than anything. 
I wanted to read an excerpt, and I know that we both love this book. It's called The Road Back to You that I've seen on your profile that you've done a study of, and I'm actually gearing up to do one at the end of September as well. And early on in the book, they say that the purpose of the Enneagram is to develop self-knowledge and learn how to recognize and disidentify with the parts of our personalities that limit us so that we can be reunited with our truest and best selves. And I was curious for someone listening who's maybe never heard of the Enneagram, how would you explain it? Most personality assessments are um, assessing outward behavior so something that like you know someone like myself like I if you have somewhat of a uh, read on people or body language or even like a, a decent emotional IQ you can usually come up and like I can usually kind of pinpoint like okay this person's extrovert introverted or uh, if I get to know them long enough I'll, I'll I can ask the right questions to know are they someone that thrives in structure thrives in spontaneity uh, but with the Enneagram, it's not external, it's completely internal. So um, assesses motives and fears. And so these are the things that I always tell people like a lot of uh, personality assessments assess the what uh, and the Enneagram assesses the why. And so I don't know, you know, with, with that, there's even some of my closest friends that I could never guess what their type is because I only know what they do, but I don't necessarily always know why they do it and what they're most afraid of and things like that so um and i'm really big on assessing the why in anything uh and so i love i think that's what what caught me the most about the enneagram is that it dives into the why not so much the what um so it gets gets into the uh the deeper waters absolutely so because we're both eights we'll focus a little bit there um we'll give people resources at the end of the podcast to be able to find their own number but uh were you surprised to find out that you were an eight? No, not at all. Um, and when I took the test, it was funny because I didn't, uh, my first, I think, reaction was like, oh, now I see why I didn't want to take this when people told me I should take it um, because I tend to avoid, well, not even avoid. Actually, I tend to push a, push back and like, um, go against the grain basically if anyone says i should listen to something or i should do something or i should you know anything that people tell me i should do i usually go the opposite way on purpose <laughs> so um and so whenever i found out about that it, it was funny because then i i learned about my type and i was like okay that makes sense that the way that girl presented it to me made me want to take it because i took it as a challenge because now it wasn't like you should take it it was hey i think i know what you are and i was like oh well, i kind of want to prove to you that you're wrong so um which she was wrong and then I enjoyed proving her wrong so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that was kind of like for me uh more or less how I came to uh, find out about my type but yeah when I when I was reading through it I, I w definitely wasn't um I think I knew from the get-go like I'm gonna definitely be one of the more dominant types um I'm gonna be something along the lines of being out spoken um there's just like you know behavioral things that i was like i knew i know that these are going to be very distinct qualities of whatever type i get um and so i i before i even like i think the cool thing for me and i i recommend this too is that like for me i didn't really know a whole lot about the types before i took it so i didn't have anything to cloud my mind with like 
oh, maybe I'm this one or this. Um, I, I personally recommend people to do that versus a lot of people who they'll take like several bad tests before they take the the one on uh, the paid one and then, or they'll read the book first and kind of guess which type they are and then, and then take it. I just kind of, I kind of like the idea of taking that test as a blank slate um, because I think then you don't have anything clouding judgment or even like just the, the answers as you're answering them. So. Absolutely. I think that's really wise. I think it's so easy with Instagram to follow a hashtag or find an account that seems similar. And just like you said, until you understand your why behind it, a lot of those posts can seem externally driven. You know, they, people do things like what a three looks like when they're relaxing and they describe like the things they do and you might do those things, but they might come from a very different place. So I think that's important. Um, the other thing I know you posted this on your profile and I agree with it wholeheartedly is when you are getting to the point where you're reading the book and learning about more of the numbers, there's usually one that kind of hurts a little bit more as you read it. It kind of rubs you like sandpaper and they say, that's usually your number as well. Um, yeah. Can you talk about what it is in the Enneagram that isn't it the, you know, weaknesses, the areas people have to work on that people usually have the most agitation with when they're reading it? Yeah, I think, um, I think two things. I think the, uh, like the deadly sin, I think is a big one. Um, and I think the other thing is seeing what behaviors manifest out of the unhealthy side. Um, and I, I love that it paints a clear picture of like what each type looks like in their healthy, um, state of mind. And then also what, where they go to in their unhealthy. And I love, I also love, like the Enneagram Institute.com site um, gives you like the levels of um, the levels of healthiness and unhealthiness and all that. And so I love that it, it like paints a clear picture of like almost like the cycle of like, it's not just you're healthy or unhealthy. There's even like phases of those. And, and um, you know, we, we start out, um, you know, as maybe as eights, we start out, overworking ourselves but then it leads to becoming apathetic and then that becomes depression like it's just it um there's layers of that and so i think that those two things probably were the biggest ones i i noticed were the the things that i would call like the um rubbing alcohol in the wound a little bit so the good thing about it is that we can't like so i i guess i <clears throat> i look at everything in in pictures and i always think like you know when you put hand sanitizer on and you didn't know you had a cut on your hand, you're made aware real fast that you do once you put that on, but you can't like heal it unless you know it's there. And so like what I loved about the Enneagram is it doesn't, um, it makes you fully responsible to work on those things. Um, and if, and if it doesn't, then you're using it wrong, but it definitely, it doesn't hide anything. It puts it all out there and it's your choice at that point to, um, ignore it or to do something with it. So. Yeah. I love how you said that. That's such a great analogy for it. And I think one of the beautiful things about the Enneagram is it's filled with so much grace. It's not a book that's meant to condemn you or convict you, but it's that invitation into, hey, maybe you weren't aware that you were driven by X or that your motivation or your fear base of this. And we can process that. And I think as you, I mean, sure you're seeing this in your marriage and I see it with people I work with and other friends, as we know each other's numbers, we, our relationship becomes healthier because I understand that person better, especially in, um, in my workplace, I understand what motivates my team in different ways. And so even though I could look at behaviors and they might all look the same, I can 
I can motivate, like we said earlier, in a much different way. Um, so I'm totally. curious for there's a lot of skeptics out there. What do you think are some misconceptions about the Enneagram? That's a good question. So misconceptions. Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest one is that, and it's, it's funny because it, it's one of the first things that um, they talk about on there. And, and it was one of the main things I kept hearing over and over again was the whole, like, it's not about behavior. It's about motives and fears. Um, but it's, it's so funny that like, as much as they, um, the teachers of the Enneagram um, preach that there's, you still see a lot of people using it for that. And so, um, so there's that. Um, I see a lot of people that will, I hear this all the time. You probably hear this all the time that, um, and I think this is a result of bad tests that are out there, but I'll hear people say like, I'm a, um, well, two things. I hear people say like, I'm a three wing nine, or I'll hear people say I'm a three, five, one. I'm like, what does that even mean? And I realize that a lot of that is just bad tests. They've taken that, like, haven't explained like anything of clarity at all. It just kind of gives you these top numbers and backing off of that is another big misconception is that all tests are the same. They're not. If someone claimed to be um, a teacher of, of the Bible, like just because they say that does not validate that they're an actually um, their teachings are sound or that their teachings are accurate. We have to question and kind of probe the source and, and where, you know, what the words are they're saying, um, you know, all, all that stuff. So I feel like the same with the Enneagram where um, I challenge people to, uh, if they're going to get into it, don't just trust every test you find um, and don't trust every person that teaches it that you hear about. So, um, cause I've heard, I mean, I've, I've literally been out in public and heard people say, I remember one time I was uh, listening to this guy tell his friends about type one and everything he was saying was not factual about the type one. And I'm like, that's, there's just a lot of people out there that want are real quick to, to start teaching it and, and they don't have, I guess the, the basis to do that. So yeah, I challenge people to um, not trust every teaching about the Enneagram and not every test that's out there uh, is accurate either. Absolutely. And for people listening who might think that we're talking gibberish because they've never taken it, we're talking about numbers, we're talking about wings. So just want to dial it back for maybe somebody who's at the beginning of their Enneagram journey that the Enneagram is made up of uh, one through nine can be your number. And the numbers on either side, so for one, your number would be two or nine, those are your wings. And I think most people believe that you lean stronger towards one or the other. Um, and then as Devin talked about, there are numbers that you go to in strength and numbers that you go to in um, weakness or in stress, they say. And so out of the nine, I always tell people that there's five really important numbers. There's your main number, the two on either side that may influence you, your growth um, and your health number, and then your stress number. So um, as you, as people put legs to this and they read books and they go to the Enneagraminstitute.com, that will all start to come together. So uh, Devin's an eight wing seven, I'm an eight wing nine. And so our eightness can look really different. But the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is that even two eight wing sevens can look so different. And yeah. um, it's really, it's not a typing system where everybody fits into a box. And I think there's a lot of freedom when you understand the Enneagram. So 
besides the road back to you, besides the Enneagram Institute, do you have other Instagram accounts you follow or resources that you recommend people to look into? Um, so my favorite, and it's the one that helped me to learn the most about it, um, was the songs and the podcasts from Sleeping At Last. Um, those, I'm a musician, so the music spoke to me. That His lyrics are, I've not heard any, literally like any person. Um, I know people of all the types. Um, I've had all of them, all of them listen to the songs, and I've not had one of them listen to the song and it didn't speak to them. Um, and the podcast really goes into his research that he did into, um, he, he did a lot of research, he did a lot of studying and a lot of, uh, uh, he, just, he just went really deep into each type before writing them. And I love that he talks about how he didn't even sit in front of a paper and pen until he literally felt the heart of each type. So he basically like waited till he felt the burden of each type before he even wrote the songs. And I love that because you, you can tell when you hear him, he literally became the types. Um, and it makes sense when you hear the type nine podcast and you learn about it from his teachings, it makes sense because the type nine is the one that learns the language of all the other types. Um, and so it makes sense that he, he is a type nine. Um, so I love his teachings on all of them. He also has Ian Cron on some of the podcasts. Um, but yeah, that was probably, that's probably my ultimate favorite one. Um, your Enneagram coach, which is Beth McCord. She's great too. Um, I love Christy Fountain stuff. Um, she is, she used to be more exclusively Enneagram. She's starting to um, do stuff outside of the Enneagram, but her Instagram account is great. And I feel like she's one of the few people that isn't an eight that the way she talks about the eights I've connected with on a deeper level. I feel like a lot of people um, kind of, uh, when they teach about the eights kind of hinge on the same stuff that you hear, you know, aggressive and all this stuff. But I, I love that she, anyone that talks about the eight from the standpoint of the child within tends to, I tend to connect with what they're talking about the most, just because I feel like I've gotten to a place where I've done enough work to see myself in that light. And so I love, um, I mean, the sleeping at last song couldn't be more accurate as far as like who the eight is b below the external behavior that people often see so we're um we're a small fragile child wrapped up in a lion costume so it's you know um there is a little bit of that uh, within us but i think that there's a, definitely a deeper side that people don't see unless they really get to know that type so yeah it's funny you mentioned the sleeping at last i have a song lyric from the eight song in a frame in my room from one of the studies I've done. It was a really cool gift that the leader of the group made everybody. Um, awesome. and, and yeah, if you haven't heard of sleeping at last, I would definitely check them out. So why start an Instagram profile dedicated to the Enneagram? I have a photography page and, um, I find that like anyone that follows me enough knows that it's, it's, it literally comes up in conversation so much um, just because it's, it's funny. Cause I think a lot of people, when they, they hear the Enneagram, they instantly turn on, they, they turn on that like um, annoyed button where they're just like, Oh, here we go. Let's get talking about the Enneagram again. But all of us, if we, if we just take the word Enneagram away, like we all have roadmaps that we use in life that kind of guide us through communication relationships, all of that. So like, you know, for, for you and I, um, 
we, we have the fact that we're type eights. We have the fact that we're believers, um, that we are, there's so many things. There's so many things that connect us that even though we're different, there's things that like we see life through these lenses. And so it allows us to connect in a certain way. So, um, so I feel like the Enneagram is just another one of those things. It isn't the thing. It's one thing, um, that allows us to do that. Our experiences are another. Um, but yeah, so all that being said is that I, I definitely filter a lot of my interactions through it because, um, it, I trust that with the Enneagram, it, it cares, um, about the person underneath the layers of behavior. And for me, I've done enough hard work to know that like, just cause someone is a certain way on the surface, um, that doesn't really tell me a whole lot about that person. You know, I can, you can have, um, someone can come up and pay for your meal but if they're bragging about it to their friends it's not really that great of a, a d you know what i mean so um so i love that um, it it tells me a lot about who people are um it helps me um even to see people for for who they are and so um all that being said is that i found myself talking about it so much that i, I needed an outlet that like i could exclusively talk about it uh, and get creative with it so um, so yeah, that's kind of more or less, I, I really just kind of started it for fun, but I'm curious to see what comes of it. And a lot of great conversations and connections have happened already because of it. So that's it's incredible. Been awesome. Um, and as you know, conversations with Caroline is really birthed out of this, uh, goal to help people find their purpose and to show other people that purpose looks different in everybody's life. So would you say that the Enneagram has helped you find your purpose? Yeah, totally. I think what it did more than anything is I think as someone who's already uh, and I've kind of already gathered this from you too, is I think probably, I don't know any eights that aren't like this, but I think for us, we're constantly um, trying to seek out what that is. Um, and I feel like we're always trying to go to the, the next level, the deeper depth and do more outdo ourselves. And um, so we're always on this journey to, to, figuring that out. So I feel like it didn't necessarily, it wasn't like a revelation, so to say, where I didn't know what my purpose was as much as I feel like it put language to it. And so um, things that I thought that, you know, as, as a musician and photographer, like I know, like, okay, I was obviously born to create, but what I think the Enneagram did is it gave me some, some deeper context. Now I realized I kind of had this moment where I was like, you know, if, let's just say I was playing music on a stage and no one was there to watch, or I was doing photography and there was no people in front of a camera. Would I still enjoy those things? And I, after thinking about it, I was like, I no, I wouldn't. And so my passion isn't the music and my passion isn't the photography. It's the people and the, the instruments and the camera are my tool that allow me to do what my real passion is. And so that kind of, uh, is what got revealed to me through doing the real passion is to um, empower and protect people. And those two things um, I get to do through creating. So it kind of, like I said, it gave me a, I guess before it's almost like the way I would put it is it kind of feels like you're living life coming into the movie theater halfway in the movie. And then the Enneagram kind of rewinds and now you have the full story. So it kind of, that's what it kind of did for me. Couldn't have said it better. Well, it sounds like you've known for a while, like you said, the things that you're passionate about and the way God's called your life to have purpose. But for someone who might feel like they're struggling with that, what, what would you say to them? 
I think obviously like I'm, I'm going to point people to um, the Enneagram, especially us talking about that. But I, I think obviously someone in that situation, I think the next question, they would do it. And then the next question would be, okay, well, like what now? And I think what I always tell people, because like, I, I talk to a lot of people who um, are in that book. Like, I do a lot of, I, I experience a lot of game in life where people are like, I don't know what I want to do, or I don't know what I'm passionate about or anything like that. And I think one of the things that I feel like the Enneagram helps people to discover is, you know, I, I had a friend ask me this one time a long time ago, and it it's really a question that I've I've pretty much thought about this question every day since he asked me, but it was years ago, and a friend of mine had asked me when it comes to, like, purpose or what your passions are, he, he basically asked, what is it in life that makes you come alive? And uh, I remember him asking me that, and then ever since I've really, um, every endeavor I've had, I've kind of filtered it through that question. And so now I realize, like, there's a lot of things that um, maybe as a wing seven, I tend to like want to just start all these like projects or ideas or whatever, but they don't all make me come alive. They just kind of fan the flame for a sec, but um, that has given me a lot of clarity. And so I feel like um, as people are doing the Enneagram or taking the Enneagram, um, I highly suggest them to kind of think about the same thing. Like what is something that you can't, if you were going to do one thing the rest of your life, or there's one thing that you one aspect about life that you could not, give up or not do um i think all of us have one of those things but i think a lot of people expect it to be a tangible thing like a you know a, a certain skill or a certain passion um but i've met people that go to two and i it helped them to realize like hey like i literally my passion in life is to make other people feel seen and noticed and like i love to encourage people um and they may be in a desk job and then take that test and realize like Oh dang! Like I'm, the, I'm getting a life sucked out of me because I'm literally talk. I'm selling stuff to people, or I'm talking to a screen, or like literally, it's not filling my tank as a human being at all. Like who I was called to be. So the same way, like a desk job would probably kill a type seven. You know what I mean? So, uh, so these are. I think it just kind of helps you to, um, if nothing else, I feel like it kind of helps for the process of elimination. Like, you know, I think the first place to start with the Enneagram is maybe seeing like, Hey, maybe there's things that I'll probably never be passionate about now that I know my type. Uh, and so I, I think it also helps with that because I, I def I definitely learned for me, um, after taking it, one of my other like first thoughts was, man, I don't do well working like with someone over me. I, I work well as my own boss cause I'm a self-starter. I want to go hundred miles an hour. But when I have to check in with someone and I have to slow that pace down, like, I'm not, not only do I not feel efficient or useful, I, I just feel bored. And so um, once I realized that, I, I kind of became more confident as a small business owner in the place that I need to be. And I'm passionate about that. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say like, that's a long tangent to say that after taking the test, I think it's wise to sit with it to examine all the parts of that type and start to kind of piece things together and say, Hey, like, okay, so I'm a type two and I love helping people. Maybe that's why I gravitate to these things. Um, and maybe that's why these certain things drain me. You know what I mean? And I think that uh, sometimes for people that aren't, if you're not someone that's already introspective and you probably don't think about this stuff all the time, it might be wise to 
sit with it and write it, write these things down, you know, make a list of things that like these things fill me up with life and these things drain me. And I think for anyone that takes Enneagram, if you compare it to the characteristics of your type, it'll start to make more sense. So. Thank you so much for your time and your insight and just spending some time with us today. No problem. Thanks for, uh, thanks for thinking to me for it. Of course. And if you want to check out more of Devin's content, you can check him out on Instagram at that Enneagram 8 Life. Remember, we all are called to live a life filled with purpose. That's it for today's episode. We'll see you next time.